section twenty of psychology of the unconscious by carl jung this librivox recording is in the public domain section twenty chapter five part four the tree of knowledge of the hindu dashaina sect assumes human form it was represented as a mighty thick trunk in the form of a human head from the top of which grew out two longer branches hanging down at the sides and one short vertical uprising branch crowned by a bud or blossom-like thickening robertson in his evangelical myths mentions that in the assyrian system there exists the representation of the divinity in the form of a cross in which the vertical beam corresponds to a human form and the horizontal beam to a pair of conventionalized wings old grecian idols such for example as were found in large numbers in aegina have a similar character an immoderately long head and arms slightly raised wing-shaped and in front distinct breasts i must leave it an open question as to whether the symbol of the cross has any relation to the two pieces of wood in the religious fire production as is frequently claimed it does appear however as if the cross symbol actually still possessed the significance of union for this idea belongs to the fertility charm and especially to the thought of eternal rebirth which is most intimately bound up with the cross the thought of union expressed by the symbol of the cross is met with in timaeus of plato where the world soul is conceived as stretched out between heaven and earth in the form of an x chi hence in the form of a st andrew's cross when we now learn furthermore that the world soul contains in itself the world as a body then this picture inevitably reminds us of the mother dialogues of plato jowett volume two page five twenty eight and in the centre he put the soul which he diffused through the whole and also spread over all the body round about and he made one solitary and only heaven a circle moving in a circle having such excellence as to be able to hold converse with itself and needing no other friendship or acquaintance having these purposes in view he created the world to be a blessed god this highest degree of inactivity and freedom from desire symbolized by the being enclosed within itself signifies divine blessedness the only human prototype of this conception is the child in the mother's womb or rather more the adult man in the continuous embrace of the mother from whom he originates corresponding to this mythologic philosophic conception the enviable diogenes inhabited a tub thus giving mythologic expression to the blessedness and resemblance to the divine in his freedom from desire plato says as follows of the bond of the world soul to the world body now god did not make the soul after the body 
although we have spoken of them in this order for when he put them together he would never have allowed that the elder should serve the younger but this is what we say at random because we ourselves too are very largely affected by chance whereas he made the soul in origin and excellence prior to and older than the body to be the ruler and mistress of whom the body was to be the subject it seems conceivable from other indications that the conception of the soul in general is a derivative of the mother imago that is to say a symbolic designation for the amount of libido remaining in the mother imago compare the christian representation of the soul as the bride of christ the further development of the world soul in timaeus takes place in an obscure fashion in mystic numerals when the mixture was completed the following occurred this entire compound he divided lengthwise into two parts which he joined to one another at the centre like the figure of an x this passage approaches very closely the division and union of atman who after the division is compared to a man and a woman who hold each other in an embrace another passage is worth mentioning after the entire union of the soul had taken place according to the master's mind he formed all that is corporeal within this and joined it together so as to penetrate it throughout moreover i refer to my remarks about the maternal meaning of the world soul in plotinus in chapter two a similar detachment of the symbol of the cross from a concrete figure we find among the muskhogean indians who stretch above the surface of the water ponder stream two ropes crosswise and at the point of intersection throw into the water fruits oil and precious stones as a sacrifice here the divinity is evidently the water not the cross which designates the place of sacrifice only through the point of intersection the sacrifice at the place of union indicates why this symbol was a primitive charm of fertility why we meet it so frequently in the pre-christian era among the goddesses of love mother goddesses especially among the egyptians in isis and the sun god we have already discussed the continuous union of these two divinities as the cross tau t crux ansata always recurs in the hand of tum the supreme god the hegemon of the aeneid it may not be superfluous to say something more of the destination of tum the tum of on heliopolis bears the name the father of his mother what that means needs no explanation jesus or nebit hotpet the goddess joined to him was called sometimes the mother sometimes the daughter sometimes the wife of the god the day of the beginning of autumn is designated in the heliopolitan inscriptions as the festival of the goddess jasasit as the arrival of the sister for the purpose of uniting with her father it is the day in which the goddess mehnit completes her work so that the god osiris may enter into the left eye by which the moon is meant the day is also called the filling up of the sacred eye with its needs the heavenly cow with the moon eye the cow-headed isis takes to herself in the autumn equinox the seed 
which procreates horus moon as keeper of the seed the eye evidently represents the genitals as in the myth of indra who had to bear spread over his whole body the likeness of yoni vulva on account of a bathsheba outrage but was so far pardoned by the gods that the disgraceful likeness of yoni was changed into eyes the pupil in the eye is a child the great god becomes a child again he enters the mother's womb in order to renew himself in a hymn it is said thy mother the heavens stretches forth her arms to thee in another place it is said thou shinest o father of the gods upon the back of thy mother daily thy mother takes thee in her arms when thou illuminatest the dwelling of night thou unitest with thy mother the heavens the tum apitum heliopolis not only bears the crux ansara as a symbol but also has this sign as his most frequent surname that is ankh or anki which means life for the living he is chiefly honoured as the demon serpent agatho of whom it is said the holy demon serpent agatho goes forth from the city nezi the snake on account of casting its skin is the symbol of renewal as is the scarabaeus a symbol of the sun of whom it is said that he being of masculine sex only reproduces himself the name chanam another name for tum always meaning the sun god comes from the verb kanam which means to bind together to unite kanam appears chiefly as the potter the moulder of his egg the cross seems therefore to be an extraordinarily condensed symbol its supreme meaning is that of the tree of life and therefore is a symbol of the mother the symbolization in a human form is therefore intelligible the phallic forms of the crux ansara belong to the abstract meaning of life and fertility as well as to the meaning of union which we can now very properly interpret as cohabitation with the mother for the purpose of renewal it is therefore not only a very touching but also a very significant naive symbol when mary in an old english lament of the virgin accuses the cross of being a false tree which unjustly and without reason destroyed the pure fruit of her body her gentle birdling with a poisonous draught the draught of death which is destined only for the guilty descendants of the sinner adam her son was not a sharer in that guilt compare with this the cunning of isis with the fatal draught of love mary laments cross thou art the evil stepmother of my son so high hast thou hung him that i cannot even kiss his feet cross thou art my mortal enemy thou hast slain my little blue bird the holy cross answers woman i thank thee for my honour thy splendid fruit which now i bear shines as a red blossom not alone to save thee but to save the whole world this precious flower blooms in thee santa crux says of the relation to each other of the two mothers isis in the morning and isis in the evening thou hast been crowned as queen of heaven on account of the child which thou hast borne but i shall appear 
as the shining relic to the whole world at the day of judgment i shall then raise my lament for thy divine son innocently slain upon me thus the murderous mother of death unites with the mother of life in bringing forth a child in their lament for the dying god and as outward token of their union mary kisses the cross and is reconciled to it the naive egyptian antiquity has preserved for us the union of the contrasting tendencies in the mother idea of isis naturally this imago is merely a symbol of the libido of the son for the mother and describes the conflict between love and incest resistance the criminal incestuous purpose of the son appears projected as criminal cunning in the mother imago the separation of the son from the mother signifies the separation of man from the generic consciousness of animals from that infantile archaic thought characterized by the absence of individual consciousness it was only the power of the incest prohibition which created the self-conscious individual who formerly had been thoughtlessly one with the tribe and in this way alone did the idea of individual and final death become possible thus through the sin of adam death came into the world this as is evident is expressed figuratively that is in contrast form the mother's defence against the incest appears to the son as a malicious act which delivers him over to the fear of death this conflict faces us in the gilgamesh epic in its original freshness and passion where also the incest wish is projected on to the mother the neurotic who cannot leave the mother has good reasons the fear of death holds him there it seems as if no idea and no word were strong enough to express the meaning of this entire religions were constructed in order to give words to the immensity of this conflict this struggle for expression which continued down through the centuries certainly cannot have its source in the restricted realm of the vulgar conception of incest rather one must understand the law which is ultimately expressed as incest prohibition as coercion to domestication and consider the religious systems as institutions which first receive then organize and gradually sublimate the motor forces of the animal nature not immediately available for cultural purposes we will now return to the visions of miss miller those now following need no further detailed discussion the next vision is the image of a purple bay the symbolism of the sea connects smoothly with that which precedes one might think here in addition of the reminiscences of the bay of naples which we came across in part one in the sequence of the whole however we must not overlook the significance of the bay in french it is called un bailli which probably corresponds to a bay in the english text it might be worth while here to glance at the etymological side of this idea bay is generally used for something which is open just as the catalonian word badia by comes from 
badar to open in french bailler means to have the mouth open to gape another word for the same is mirabusen bay or gulf latin sinus and a third word is golf golf which in french stands in closest relation to gouffre equals abyss golf is derived from thanatos which also means bosom and womb mother womb also vagina it can also mean a fold of a dress or pocket and may also mean a deep valley between high mountains these expressions clearly show what primitive ideas lie at their base they render intelligible goethe's choice of words at that place where faust wishes to follow the sun with winged desire in order in the everlasting day to drink its eternal light the mountain chain with all its gorges deep would then no more impede my godlike motion and now before mine eyes expands the ocean with all its bays in shining sleep faust's desire like that of every hero inclines toward the mysteries of rebirth of immortality therefore his course leads to the sea and down into the monstrous jaws of death the horror and narrowness of which at the same time signify the new day out on the open ocean speeds my dreaming the glassy flood before my feet is gleaming a new day beckons to a newer shore a fiery chariot borne on buoyant pinions sweeps near me now i soon shall ready be to pierce the ether's high unknown dominions to reach new spheres of pure activity this godlike rapture this supreme existence yes let me dare those gates to fling asunder which every man would fain go slinking by tis time through deeds this word of truth to thunder that with the height of god's man's dignity may vie nor from that gloomy gulf to shrink affrighted where fancy doth herself to self-born pangs compel to struggle toward that pass benighted around whose narrow mouth flame all the fires of hell to take this step with cheerful resolution though nothingness should be the certain swift conclusion it sounds like a confirmation when the succeeding vision of miss miller's is un apic a steep precipitous cliff compare gouffre the entire series of individual visions is completed as the author observes by a confusion of sounds somewhat resembling wama wama this has a very primitive barbaric sound since we learn from the author nothing of the subjective roots of this sound nothing is left us but the suspicion that this sound might be considered taken in connection with the whole as a slight mutilation of the well-known call ma ma end of section twenty two